actually, it's not complicated. It's not nuanced. It's really simple. The Bible is clear. There is no condemnation against people who are LGBTQ plus or against same-sex relationships, period. And you are not the ones who need to defend your beliefs. The non-affirming churches, they ignore the truth of Scripture. They ignore the devastating, deadly impact of their false teaching. In this episode, we're going to give you a clear, simple explanation of why the Bible does not condemn homosexuality. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. So glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us this few minutes that we can just hang out together and have a cup of coffee and some cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where my mind goes sometimes, but welcome. My name is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Well, we have not done this before and I can't believe we haven't... We've talked about this in general, but of course all the time, but... This is this is like episode seventy two or something like that, and and uh, and so we're going to talk we're going to talk about simply put that the Bible does not condemn homosexuality. First, again, welcome. Share this podcast if you would support, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. You know what to do. Uh, give us five stars if you like us. If you don't want to give us five stars, yeah, don't give us anything. Connect with us if you would. Hello at freedhearts.org. We would love to hear from you. By the way. We are right in the middle of getting ready for our next beloved adventure, the 25-day wizarding adventure, Reclaim the Harry Potter You Love. You're going to discover things and hidden treasures and a whole world of Harry Potter that you love is going to be opened up for you as you find out how so many things in the book really align with what we're facing now, the Dark Lord, the Dark Church. That's just a little tease right there. And so that's right in the middle of, of getting ready to go. You can register for that now. Everything on that is at freedhearts.org. If you wonder why we're talking about Harry Potter, go back a couple episodes and we did a whole podcast episode on that. So we're very, I'm very excited about that. Very excited. That's going to be great. Very you, you've got excited. your wand ready. You can, yes. you out there listen if you want to do this and you get to create your own Patronus and you get to have your own little, little a couple of charms. A couple of charms. And yeah. it's, it's going to be so fun. So excited. Yeah. Anyway, some okay. artwork. Yeah. Can you tell I'm excited? <laughs> I am beside myself excited. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm well, beside you excited. That's right. So here we go. So again, the the anti-gay argument, and we hear this every day. We hear it every day. Well, the whole Bible, all throughout the Bible, it says that it's homosexuality is a sin. And the Bible is clear, and well, it actually is, but not the way they think. But this whole anti-gay argument is smaller than you think. Much smaller. Much smaller. It's really about just a few points. And those those points are the binary of male-female, the story of Sodom, two words that were mushed together, and Romans 1. That's it. And those arguments are in six or seven passages. And there are other issues about marriage and natural sex and all that kind of stuff. And that, and that, that, which we could also deconstruct at some point. Yes, maybe yeah, we have. And we've done that in past episodes, but this whole idea that, you know, the whole Bible says this and the Bible is clear. Well, that's just bull. That's not, that's not, that's not the truth. It's not the truth. So we're going yeah. to go through these um, and I'll go through one point and maybe you can go through the next one. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, let's do I'll it. start with this whole binary of male, female, which is from Genesis and Genesis 1, 27. And these are also what's called the clobber passages. And we're going to go through those all six or seven of them. This first they've been one, used to clobber people. Yeah, that's right. Yes. 
So we're going to unclobber those, as Colby Martin says. And mm -hmm. um, so the first one is Genesis 127. And it says, so God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. That's And again, we're reading our modern translations. We don't even want to get into that too much. But yeah, these, have been translated, retranslated, and all that, interpreted. Yeah. So these binaries that we see listed in Genesis 1 are clearly not the binaries they appear to be. We read that God created day and night, right? Yet there's dawn and there's dusk. And we read about land and sea, binary. But you stand on the beach, so where exactly does the land end and the sea begin? What about marshlands and quicksand? And they're not sea, but they're not really land, are they? So we can see with our eyes that these apparent binaries are really a spectrum. And this male-female creation is likewise, it's a handy picture, and it's also a picture that really fit with what the, the authors of the Bible at the time needed to do in their cultural understanding. But it's not a complete picture. God also created people, This we did an episode about this recently, who are both male and female, and people who are neither male nor female. And those intersex people show us that gender is way bigger than our understanding of it and can't be nicely, neatly separated into two. Well, also, and you may have noticed this in the text, but as God created them in God's image as male and female, we might conclude that those not clearly separated into male and female, i.e. intersex or transgender or gender fluid, are most closely aligned to God's image. Ooh, <laughs> because God, we're created in God's image, male and female. God created us in God's image. So God is male and female. Huh. <laughs> so intersex people, transgender people, gender non-binary people, gender fluid people are more in line with the gender spectrum that God is mm. than people on a binary who think wow. they're on a binary. Wow. Very interesting. Very heretical. Yeah, I but know. Very interesting. Wow. I like it. And Christians love to say, God didn't make a mistake. Well, exactly. So let, who, who are you calling a mistake? That's right. So we're let, not the ones saying it's a mistake. Let intersex, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people stand as God's beautiful reminder not to categorize too swiftly or too surely, but humbly embrace all the mysteries of God's creation. So love it. That's the first point in that. That male, female. That's not a binary. That's a spectrum. Yes. So next, we're going to let the fun continue and talk about Sodom. And two passages are covered in this. One in Genesis and one in Jude. Yeah. So Genesis. You want to take this one? You want to take Sodom? Sure. Cool. Do you want me to read it? Okay. Genesis 19, 4 to 5, 4 to 5 says, After the meal, as they were preparing to retire for the night, the men of the city, yes, Sodomites, young and old from all over the city, surrounded the house and shouted to Lot, bring out those men so we can rape them. <laughs> okay. Well, and then Jude. And says, then Jude 7 is a very, just a little minor thing thrown in that says, and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. All right. So that's what the passages say. Yeah. What do we say? Okay. This story of all the men of town attempting to rape two visitors has been used over the centuries to condemn LGBTQ people. But this verse is not about homosexuality. It's about in hospitality, 
It's about not welcoming strangers. Mm. It's extreme in hospitality, as in brutally conquering visitors by rape to tell them they're not welcome here. A common way that men have vanquished their enemies throughout history. Lot righteously protects the visitors, although he does offer the gang his daughters to rape instead. Which, think about that for a minute. Yeah. If these are gay men, why would Lot offer his daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with that. It's about conquest. So, why do we refer to this story for God's moral (laughs) instruction? And Jude's reference to the sinfulness of Sodom shows the city's mythic status with its notorious depravity. And by the Middle Ages, sodomy had become synonymous for homosexual behavior. But that's not the meaning in Ezekiel 1649. Yeah, write this passage down. Ezekiel 1649. Yeah, written much closer to the time of Genesis says nothing than the Middle Ages were, says nothing about sex. It it's instead it identifies quite a different problem, the city's inhospitality to those in need. It says, can you read that for us? Yeah, it says. This was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. (laughs) That's the sin of Sodom. That's the sin of Sodom. And that certainly points a bony finger at a large portion of us Americans, Mm -hmm. including those who do the interpreting, that have excess of food and pride and prosperous ease, and we don't help the poor and needy. Mm. Yeah, so no wonder these texts have continued to be diverted into a scapegoat, to scapegoat an entire group of LGBTQ people. But it is a grave injustice. Yep. So again, that's, so we talked about the binary male and female. Yeah. That's one argument. Next argument in Sodom, we just said that the, you just heard what the Bible yeah. says is the sin of Sodom. So next we're going to talk about Leviticus. Yeah. So Leviticus 18, 22, and 2013 says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. If a man lies with a man as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall be put to death. Their blood is upon them. <sighs> Everybody just breathe for a minute. Yeah, there. abomination, by the way, means taboo. It's taboo. Yeah. It's not done. It doesn't mean hateful and God hates it the way it's interpreted or right. we think of it. Okay. I mean, also... Just the, means the, it's not done. Yeah, we'll talk about this at length here in a second. But also, the the original translation of, of this says that if a man lies with a boy. So, it's really about an inappropriate Hold abusive... Hold on a second. <laughs> it, it says man shall not lie with a boy. Yeah. And not man shall not lie with a man. That was the original translation of it. Do you think that's different? It's just a little different. Do you think it's different? Yeah. Yeah. And several people have pointed out that in this ancient cultural view, for a man to submit himself to the female role as with a woman was to surrender his power and become a woman as a deformed (laughs) or deformed man. Yeah, which is what they thought of women. And surely you can see the patriarchal structure of this ancient world and belief. And uh, and if we don't, then we're stuck arguing that if our house guest is threatened, the Bible instructs us to offer our daughter to the assailant instead, which is, you know, what... Right. That's where you go in legalistic interpretation based on... Lack of context and poor translation. Yeah, and, and you end up with this, this horrifying theology and a restriction against using a man. Again, I'm. I, I want to. We're addressing this passage as it reads 
in modern translations, but remember, the original passage said with a boy. But a restriction against using a man sexually as with a woman is to protect those men from degradation of status and, and to protect close relatives, children, animals from rape. These restrictions are not about two men or two women of equal status having consensual sex. They're about power and abuse and non-consensual sex, forced sex. Yes. And again, originally translated, a man shall not lie with a boy. It's about power and abuse, not homosexuality. And that, that, that alone needs to shift everything. Right. That it's not man shall not lie with a man, it's man shall not lie with a boy. That's a completely, completely different thing. Let me just put in here that all of these passages include the admonition against unequal power. In other words, non-consensual sex. So this, this one is about the householder and all the people he can't have sex with. Because they can't say no, because he pays the bills. He keeps the roof over their head. Very good point. Do you understand? So it's not about two men having sex together or two women. It's about somebody abusing their power by by having sex with people who Mm -hmm. don't want to have sex with them but can't say no. Children, other women in the house, all of that. So that's that's the entire Old Testament argument that is being used. First, the male, female, it's not binary. Next, Sodom, well, that their sin was 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 in in hospitality. It was all the things we do today in America, right? And this Leviticus passage, which is not about homosexuality at all, it's about power and abuse. Okay? Right. So that's the Old Testament. So now let's switch gears and go to the New Testament. Yep. For the last remaining clobber passages, and remarkably, remarkably, none of these passages are from the Gospels. And again, there I love that thing. Here's a list of what Jesus said about this issue. And it's nothing. It's blank. So this that is not should from be Jesus. remarkable yeah. to us. So these first two we're going to talk about, and there's a great movie coming out on this called 1946 that talks about this at, in detail on these two words mm-hmm. uh, f- that appear in in Corinthians and in Timothy. Do you want to take this one? Sure. First Corinthians six nine to ten says. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. I love how there's that whole list, but we focus on this thing. I was just going to say, yeah. even yeah, if greedy people, <laughs> even if this were true, I mean, thieves, greedy, drunkards, abusive, abusive cheap oh people, gosh. throw anyway. a rock and hit. Okay. Okay. Well, now we're talking about hypocrisy, but we didn't even want to go okay. there here. So. so none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. And first Timothy echoes the same thing and says, the law is for people who are sexually immoral or for who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, <laughs> slave traders. That's how the Southern Baptists got started, so they could retain their slaves. Okay. Slave traders, liars, promise breakers, or those who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God and me. This is Paul speaking. Okay. So, let's, let's focus on the LGBTQ here and the word homosexuality. And that word appears in the Bible. That's what we're going to focus on here. So we're going to break up this party and stop it right here. Yeah. So the word homosexual didn't exist until the 1800s and was added to the Bible in 1946. Wait, what? What? The word homosexuality was added 
to the Bible. Yeah, it didn't exist until the 1800s and was added in 1946. Now, that right there should be a mic drop where we say, or a gavel drop where we say, case dismissed. Well, let's just for curiosity's sake, what did the word homosexuality replace? Okay. In 1 Corinthians 6 9, it replaced malakoi, meaning soft or effeminate. In 1 Timothy 1 10, it replaced the word arsenikoitis, meaning man bed, is the closest that we understand it. These words are different from homosexuality and they have different meanings. They're talking about sexual immorality, temple prostitution, and idol worship. All of these references are of men of unequal status having non-consensual sex. That's that's a theme we heard in the Old Testament. That's, that's right. That's the admonition here. That's the admonition. In other words, these are much less like the same-sex relationships we know today and more like the scandal of pastors and priests who have sex with children. Right. Or the rape culture. The men or the who, rape culture. Right. Or the pastors who... Press, you know, take advantage of women mm-hmm. that they're counseling. So to pull these all out yeah, of this is this is not about you. This page, just so you know, no, this passage, none of these passages talk about you or your children. Yeah, you know. By the way, there's this whole thing with pastors where they avoid meeting with the woman by herself, and the the reason is to avoid a false accusation. That's the reason, not to avoid a real accusation, not to. I mean. So, in other words, they've already framed it that if you accuse your pastor of sexual abuse, which we know happens a lot, it's already been framed for you as it's a false accusation. Mm. We have to protect the poor pastor in that situation, not the woman he has taken advantage of. <laughs> just yeah, we, it would just say, shows you yeah, it should the be, power of the patriarchy. It should be don't meet with your pastor alone. That should be the the ad, that, that, for your own safety. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Right. For your own safety. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this you have to pull these out of context to condemn LGBTQ people is wrong on every level. Yeah. If we enforce the true meaning of these verses as zealously as we enforce them on gay men, we'd be holding men accountable for sexual harassment and child abuse and child pornography and rape and human trafficking at all levels, which we still haven't stopped. We could stop human trafficking. We could certainly put a huge dent in it, but we don't because it serves the patriarchy. Yep. And that, that all of that is much closer to the meaning of these verses. Yep. So that, two more clever passages, which are Corinthians and Timothy, that simply these two words that had nothing to do with consensual same-sex relationships yeah. that were often mushed together and a new word was created and that was homosexuality. So these passages really, the truth of Scripture, the Bible is clear about this when you really look at it. These have nothing to do with homosexuality. By the way, every single passage we have talked about so far, even in these incorrect Anti-gay translations are men and with men. So lesbians, you're all good. Um, just, just side note. Just, just, just a side note. So that's, that's everything so far. So we have one left. And sometimes this is the, the not the big one, but the one people struggle with. But yeah. it's, not, it's not, but don't, okay? It's, it's <laughs> Romans 1. And let me read it, and then it's a long one. So let me read this, and then you can, you yeah, can okay, handle great, it if you want perfect. to. Romans 1, 24 to 32 says, So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things with their hearts desired. 
As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should have never done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malice, I'm sorry, malicious behavior and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage encourage others to do them too. Oh my gosh. Uh, wait. Okay. Beloved, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I it hurt me just to read that to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But we're going to clear this up. Yes. We're going to clear yes. this up here. So yeah. what a horrible damaging damning passage as I just read it. Yes. So we have to ask, are verses 26 and 27 a blanket condemnation of gay and lesbian people as they appear to be? Well, when you read that, I understand why people, f- it's so easy to use it as a, a weapon against this community. And they, they read the, the words and say, yeah, I guess I am, con- I am condemned, but hold on just a minute. That's a humongous claim. So let's take apart what it looks like. Yeah, we often say that we take a high view of Scripture, and we do. And what that means is we just don't take this modern translation and read it and say, well, it says it right here. No, you you have to look at original language, and you have to look at context, and edit and translation history, and read it through the lens of love to understand what does the Bible really say. And especially in a passage like this that's being used to hurt so many people and condemn and judge, you right. better know what it says. Right. So, Susan, would you help and we, clear and that And we up? say high view, meaning people have, you know, detractors use the term high view like we have a high view of Scripture because we, we pay attention to what Scripture says. You have a low view because you just twist it to say what you want it to say. Actually, and, the exact and opposite And we are doing true. the opposite. Yes. So, we're saying... If there's a high view, ours is the high view because we take it within its context, we examine it, we find out what the meaning is, and yeah. not just use it to bash and bloody people. Yeah. So, like a good investigator here, we're going to look at this very closely. Yeah. So, you want to tell so, us? So, just start? back up for just a second. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent looking at your child, your adult child, do you see these things at your gay or trans child? Do you see... Every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. Are they backstabbers? Are they haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful? Do they invent new ways of sinning and disobey their parents, but that's for younger people? Do they refuse to understand and break their promises? They're heartless and have no mercy? Is that your experience of your Mm. child? If you're the LGBTQ person, is that your experience of yourself? No, it's not. I can tell you it's not. We, our children, are some of the kindest, most loving, humble people ever, much more than those who condemn them, much more than those who condemn yeah. them. And so, so 
hold on then. We yeah, have to say, well, what be about, is this? Right, if this was just about being gay or lesbian or transgender, bisexual or queer, but we're not seeing that evidence in those people, then I wonder if this passage is really talking about something else. Completely different, yeah. Because this doesn't sound like any of the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people that we know. And we know a lot of them. So what is it talking about then? As always, context is key. And you back up a few verses and that you and you see that Paul was referring to those who rejected God to participate instead in idol worship. Idol is like a false god. They're they're participating in temple sex and other practices we don't even know about today. Mm-hmm. And they're that instead of the God that Paul is trying to get them to understand, these are pagan worshipers, pagan sex rites of passage. Okay, yeah, this is that's not a about very the gay couple picture. that lives next door that, that that has the rainbow flag out front and 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 has the cutest kids. And, yeah, whose who's gay agenda is to to order something for for dinner and watch Netflix, right? And not be hassled, right? This was by people of, coming to the this door. This was a group of yeah. people who were who were who were participating. That was Paul's audience. Right. And you better know who Paul's talking to here. Right. Is this group that were engaging in these these wild temple temple. <laughs> yeah. practices, yeah, you know, that paints a very different picture. It's a very different picture. And there's another big piece here. And this is the rhetorical device that Paul is using. He's using a vice list, a laundry list of problems to get us all on board in agreement. It's like a political candidate saying, yeah, and those people, this and that, and those people and the people in the audience say, yeah, we got to get rid of them. That's what he's doing here. It's a rhetorical device. And he's getting everybody to agree that all these things he's saying is are, are terrible. So that's a big list there. Murder, malice, you know, gossip, rebellion against parents. Yeah. A, a big long list. Yeah. Quarreling, deception, all, all these things. Greed, hate. I think he hit yeah. pretty much all of us with those that list, <laughs> yeah. which was the point. That's the point. And then he drops the boom. And the boom starts with, with a word. And this is a very important word in the gospel. Whenever you read it, it's therefore. If a verse starts with therefore, he's about to tell you why he just said what he said. Yeah, our, our old pastor used to say, wherefore the therefore? What's the therefore, therefore? <laughs> There's a therefore yeah. that it's it's now going to say the opposite of what it said. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's making a different yeah, point. It's the reason I just told you all of that is... Yeah. This. And Paul starts 2-1 with, therefore. Right. So what does he say? So, so you cannot read Romans 1 without re- reading Romans 2. What is the therefore? So the therefore is... It says, therefore, you have no excuse... Oh, yes. ...whoever you are when you judge others. Yeah. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, are doing the very same things. <laughs> so this entire list, this laundry list of bad behavior, therefore, we're all in agreement these things are bad, whatever they are. Therefore, if you condemn others, if you judge others in the passing of the judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, are doing the same things. Take a look at that list and say you don't gossip, you're not greedy, you don't hate. So, you have no excuse. And to use Romans 1 to condemn is to put yourself in the Romans true group that has condemned themselves. Okay? 
So it's very, this is like the only authentic way to see this. We create endless trouble with our, for ourselves when we insist on playing judge. We create endless trouble for those we're judging. Yeah. If there's a slam dunk in this passage about anything, it's a slam dunk against judgment. And that's what the church, this arm of the church, is full of. So all of this is more than enough to make us stand down and say, hold on, hold on. I think we missed the entire boat yeah. here. And that's what, you know, intellectually honest pastors and theologians have done who seek to understand more of what those words might have meant. So yeah. again, Romans 1, to summarize that, it's the the point of that list, first of all, the use of the or the the sexual perversion in Romans 1 is not about consensual same-sex loving right. relationships. It's about it's about wild pagan temple sex rituals uh and and that you know that kind of thing. Again, it's about straight men doing something which is unnatural to straight men uh and engaging in these wild sex parties. And that's the that word, well, that word natural is is important in that because that's the point. It, it, it's natural for gay men to, to be with another man. It's not natural for a straight man to be with. You know what I mean? I like that, but the but I like that. But the the word the use of the word unnatural in well, the that's true. Yeah. In those yep, passages, yep. it means non-procreative. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this in an episode okay, past. Okay, so, exactly. so hold on a second. Let me tell you who. Let me tell you what this covers. Unnatural sex in the Bible includes anybody past childbearing years, anybody using birth control, anybody doing anything except, excuse me, this body part in this body part. To the finish. To create, to the finish, to create a baby. And I, I've heard that people, straight people too, engage in sexual activity <laughs> that is not just procreative. That is not just the penis and the vagina, excuse me, if you don't. Like that, and all I have to say about that is hallelujah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. so, tell, yes. so, yeah, yeah. So, anything when you see the word unnatural sex anywhere in the Bible, immediately say, "Oh, they're yeah. not trying to have a baby." Right. That's all it means. Yes. So, if you're if you're in your fifties, sixties, yeah. stop having sex. That's yeah, unnatural. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you get the point. Um, so that's Romans one. In in again, it's not talking about. The, the sexual references there are not talking about loving, consensual, same-sex relationships. And the point of Romans 1 is an entire list of things to lead you up to Romans 2. Romans 2 is the point of Romans 1. What's the reason Paul wrote Romans 1? To tell you, don't judge people. Right. To tell you Romans 2. Therefore, don't judge people. So, the entire argument in the New Testament against LGBTQ are those two words in Corinthians and Timothy, which we talked about, were mushed together. Malakoi and Asenakoitis. That had nothing to do with same-sex relationships. And Romans 1, which has nothing to do with same-sex relationships. Yeah. So that's the entire New Testament argument. And these verses, the sim, here's the simple truth. These six or seven verses, they don't condemn homosexuality. But as I said, you need to take a high view, an honest view, a clear view of Scripture, instead of just reading some modern, highly edited and translated version. Beloved, don't take the bait here of these few misconstructed verses to distract us 
from the overall message of 31,000 or so verses in the Bible, which is love God with everything in you, and as a natural outflow, love people well. Everything else will line up under that. Does that sound familiar? Jesus said, this is all you need to do. Love God, love others. Everything else, if you don't love God, you don't love others. If yeah. you don't love others, you don't love God. Everything. Paul said, if you love others, you've fulfilled the law. Yeah, that's it. That's he it. Said, you don't know anything or don't owe anything to anybody except love. That's all you need to do. This that's is right. not... It's not complicated. It's not nuanced. It's not confused. It's simple. The Bible is clear, beloved. There is no condemnation against people who are LGBTQ or against same-sex relationships. None, period, none. And you are not the one who needs to defend your beliefs on this. Yeah. You are on the right side of everything here. It's the non-affirming church are the ones who need to defend their beliefs because they are the ones ignoring the truth of Scripture and ignoring the devastating, deadly impact of this false teaching. Ugh. Yeah? Yes, and if someone has sent you this to listen to, to help you understand it, and you're not used to us, and you're like, <laughs> boy, they're really getting bent out of shape about this. Yes, that's exactly right. So picture Jesus in the temple throwing over the table. Why would you do that, Jesus? Because he's angry at how religious leaders are abusing the least of these, the least powerful, yeah. the least resourced, that they're supposed to be shepherding. Instead, they're extorting them and exploiting them. So what you hear in us is that strain. If we had a table, we'd turn it over. We're yeah. not really going to do that. But this is, we're passionate. Because we see Because it. we've we, seen we the see damage it. done. Right. And these poor, these people who are just desperate to do the right thing, these gay people, and they can't, they didn't choose to be gay. They're just gay or they're transgender. And, and they're being beaten up with these passages, yeah. and, and our heart goes out to them, by, beaten up by people who think they're doing right, but they're not. They're doing seen, wrong. We've seen the damage in their lives from self-harm and substance abuse and suicide, and we've seen the damage in families who were are, who are ripped apart at the suggestion of their local church you know, in their reaction to this. And that's, and that, that makes us passionate. It makes us, right. you know, angry. And so that's what you're hearing. And us, if you really passion. press into God, it will make you passionate too. Yeah, that's right. Because people so, are being hurt. Yep. So hopefully, I know it's kind of a long episode, um, <laughs> but again, simply, simply put, we went through the Old Testament, we went through the New Testament. It is simple. There's no condemnation, period. That's the truth of Scripture. Yeah. Lavish love and inclusion is the entire message of the gospel, the entire message of the Bible, when it's read as it was intended. This love and inclusion belongs to you, beloved. That's God's good news for us. And God's good news must be available to all, or it's not good news. That's and don't exactly let anybody right. tell you anything different. <laughs> so if now, it's a country club, it's not good news. Yes. So now that you know that you're loved and included exactly as you are. And as you're increasingly able to own that for yourself, you have the power to go out and lavishly love and include others. Love and inclusion is the greatest gift you can receive. It's the greatest gift you can give. You need to know that about you. You need to know that about your child as well. There are other resources on our website, freedhearts.org, under the resources tab. That And there are lots of links, dozens of links that really go into these passages um, in 
the detail as well. And you have a book. I want to point this out. Yeah, yeah. A friend recommended it and it's called The Children Are Free and it's just really thin. I'm sorry. The title was what again? It's called The Children Are Free. It's by Reverend Jeff Miner and Reverend John Tyler Connolly. One of them is gay. One or both, but one of them for sure. And they've done a, it's called a re-examining the biblical evidence on same-sex relationships. And it's it's just really illuminating for a lot of other things that we didn't, other issues we didn't talk about. So that's one resource. And and I think I'll put that up on the website as well. Yes. As a resource. So check that out. Check out the resources at freedhearts.org. If you haven't already, but I think most of you have, but if you haven't already, connect with us. If you're new to this podcast, we have vibrant community, supportive community for you, uh, other parents, or if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, we have supportive chosen family community. Connect with us at freedhearts.org. Go, beloved, love and be loved without apology, without self-doubt, and with overflowing self-love. Because why? Because you're beloved. You are. We love you. You are beloved. We love you. We love you. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by Hannah Cottrell our daughter the Grammy nominated Saint Sinner and you can find out more about her at heysaintsinner.com please share this subscribe and follow on your favorite platform and thanks for listening